I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been in two places at once. You know me. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Do you see how strange this is? What would make someone do such a thing? He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? If he didn't do it, someone else did. Someone else did. Someone else did. Hello! It's our final episode for The Outsider from Castle Rock Critical. Sad, sad noises. Aww. Oh, no. Oh, boo. Boo. Uh, boo. So we are back today to talk about the finale, Must Can't. Um, as usual, I am your host, Emma. Hello. And I am joined by our two Hello. smooth talkers from Down Under, Len and Gaz. Uh, very smooth talkers. Smooth. Um, we don't have smooth. that sort of American Southern twang smooth. Which, no, that's we, a different sort of smooth. Yeah, different sort of smooth. We're more that's the a sort drawl. of British smooth uh, gentlemen, very gentlemanly. You can imagine us wearing top hats and bow ties. Mm, we are, so. Correct. Yeah, obviously. Top hats, bow ties and a tankard of ale, right? It is a Tuesday after all. We have glasses of ale, yes. Good. Um, and mead. And mead. Good, I'm very pleased. I have a giant cup of coffee. Uh, so we're all doing our, you know, women aren't Irish, allowed to drink probably. and that. Yeah, probably. Irish coffee. It's only quarter past yeah. seven in the morning, so... Ralph would be proud. <laughs> Alcoholic Ralph would be proud of you right now. Ah, uh, yes, he would. Yes, he would. Um, well, speaking or of Jack, which... Probably, probably Jack more so, to be fair, because he's been, he's been soaking up the booze the last uh, oh couple God. of hours of television. Um, it's, yeah, we, we're at the end of our 10-episode run from HBO for this adaptation. Um, it's been a roller coaster of good, bad, not-so-good... Not so great, ugly, uh, and all sorts of dramas. But we've finally come to the finale, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about how they've ended this adaptation of The Outsider. So, seeing as we're at the end of the 10-episode run, and don't worry, everyone, I'm not actually resigning from the podcast, uh, we will be running through our usual structure. (laughs) (laughs) That Because of the time delay is slightly there, it sounded like you were booing the usual structure, not me resigning. So, that's great. Yeah, that's definitely what we're doing. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to go through our overall thoughts and blueberries. We're going to do a deep dive into the episode plot, including the post-credit scene, um, which I don't know if everybody stuck around for. Then we're going to talk about book differences in King Corner, and then we're going to move on to lovely listener feedback before we close up uh, the the last episode of this run. So starting off with our thoughts and blueberries gareth you've not been here for a couple of weeks so i'm going to kick off with you please tell me what you thought about the episode must can't season finale uh give your blueberries and explain the system in short for any new listeners although why you're tuning in the finale to this podcast and not listening to the rest of it it just baffles me any new listeners welcome and welcome welcome. late to the party but i like it yeah 
Um, fashionably late. Fashionably late. Uh, or you've just missed the party, and that's always a shame as well. Mm. Um, blueberry system. Simple beast. It is zero to five blueberries. Zero is rubbish. Five is very, very good. Not The rubbish. best. The best, in fact. Um, no halves. Cannot have half a blueberry. <clears throat> we often say it's a harsh but fair scale. I I feel like those are contradictory terms. I think it's a hard but fair scale, mm. if we're being more accurate. Mm. Um, now, speaking of harsh, I feel like I'm going to be told I'm being harsh here. I'm going to tell you my blueberry score and then I'll justify it. I'm giving this a three bloob. Oh, uh, score for that's this episode. That's really low. Mate. Well, hold on, it's not, it's not really uh, low. Well, let's we, hear the justification. We spend, we spend a lot of time saying... Three's three, okay. Three's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. So that is, it's really low. It is I think it's low for this episode. I well, think it's low for this episode. If you, if you think the episode was much better than that, then mm. yes, you will. Mm. However, I imagine I'm going the to list, think that your episode... Your the listeners rating, just did a big sigh and went, oh, for fuck's sake, go. Well, maybe, but I reckon a lot of people will agree with me. Look, Gaz, it, it's okay. This is not a lentatorship. You were allowed to give this three blueberries and tell us why you feel that way because you're entitled to your own feelings. I edit this podcast, so I'll find him giving something else a five. And what I'll do is... And I've decided to give this episode <laughs> five blueberries. Who told um, me off the other week for saying that you edit the podcast to make me look stupid and uh, giving away what happens behind the scenes? And now you've just done it. See, it is a lentatorship. Yeah, well, mm. I am in complete the, creative control of this whole process. <laughs> the, len- yes. the lentatorship ended two years ago. And instead, we are, uh, we're now in an emocracy Democracy. 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 Nice. Um, All right. So the reason that I'm giving this only three blueberries, if that's your perspective, or, you know, everything starts off with zero blueberries. It's only itself three. Um, Much like the rest of the show, the rest of this season, some weird, weird pacing. Like, oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Like a full, like boom, boom, boom start. Well, like that was they were literally in a battlefield. But yeah. yeah, go on. <laughs> and then, and then you get to sort of twenty-five minutes. Like I saw it was an hour long. After twenty-five minutes, the fucking outside is dead. Good. Like, all right. Good. I like that. Okay. Um, is he actually dead? Yep. Yep. He's gone. Okay. All right. Um, well, fair we enough. Know. We don't know that, but yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, I was a little bit unsatisfied at the demise of El Cucho. Um. I thought he would have like more of an ethereal quality to him. I know his face shit. changed That'd a little shit. bit. What? If it went full it or something, it would have been shit. No, it would have been shit. I didn't even say that, did I? I said I wanted something a little bit more. I wanted something more I than just... I wanted him to glow and rise up and use his telepathic powers. It was just a guy that was like a little bit yeah. stronger than a regular guy. I like that. I like that. I don't think so. He's like supposed to be some sort of demon. He's like, weak, pathet- he's weak and pathetic. You're weak point. and pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> now, Len, the, let Gareth have his opinion. Come on, he's he's allowed. He's allowed his wrong opinion, yeah. The deaths at the start of the episode were, were brutal and they were well handled, I thought. And I, I was like, shit, this is an action-packed final episode. Excellent start. Strong start. Devastating start in a lot of ways as well. And I was pleased that Terry Maitland got exonerated. However, like I feel like it's a real kind of story gap as to as to why. Like I, I know that there was this other case, but it was just sort of chucked in in episode nine. Like, oh yeah, by the way, there was this other case that was really similar to the other one. And then they've gone, oh yeah, because of that other case that we've just heard about, um, Terry's been exonerated. 
So nothing that they did actually exonerated uh, Tenet. No, 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 no. You're getting a bit mixed up there. And that is actually the episode's fault. Um, it actually is because of what they did. That is the reason that that he's been exonerated. The other case just opened the DA's eyes to the fact that, oh, I might have made a mistake. They didn't actually... It, he, they even sent the footage of Claude yep. getting wrestled to the ground. Fair, that's fake true. Claude. So that the DA actually was influenced by all the stuff that right. they that they yep. did. And so, I think so. actually a gap that and sorry to interrupt you, Gareth, but I mean you are right in saying that that it wasn't particularly clear. And I think the gap that we have there is something that is better done in the book is that we don't get the DA um, in the story really after the first couple of episodes. Where whereas in the book he is. Um, still quite a large part of of the story. Um, So I think they sort of just dropped him back in, which does make that confusing. I will will allow that. I will allow that. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for allowing it. Um, So, you know, overall, I think it was a little bit of a muddle. Um, I didn't love all the sort of the coming to terms with things bits at the end. I just, I thought this could have been a more powerful episode. I was a little bit disappointed with with it as a conclusion. So three bloobs. Thank you, wow. guys. Um, I, I, you know, some some valid criticism and um and emotional feeling about this episode. Thank you, uh, Len. Seeing as you are chomping at the bit, I uh, I'm going to pass. I'm not. Actually, I'm not. I'm not actually chomping. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not. I'm not. But I'd love to talk hype, about hype. it. Hype. Go on. Nah, nah, nah. Because I've not given anything this. I think of the highest I've given this season is a four. It's been pretty consistent. I've given a four this season. I think I gave a couple of episodes a three during the middle because, as we all said... Well, that's very low. Well, as we said, this this show definitely should have been like six episodes and yes. not ten episodes. And I think that it would have been an outstanding miniseries if it was six episodes, really truncated down, uh, and you had these big moments in there. I mean, I love character development. But it felt like a lot of the time we weren't seeing any more of these characters. We were just retreading things that we already knew. knew. Yeah. Like, yes, Ralph's hurt by his son's death still. And yes, um, you know, Cynthia Arriva or Holly uh, Gibney, they, she's fantastic at portraying um, Holly Gibney, Cynthia. But, but what she, she, we were just getting the same stuff over and over again, really. And I didn't feel like her and Andy's relationship really blossomed that much. Like, it just, no. it, you could have fit that in six episodes. Um, so we come to the finale and I have to say the first 20 minutes of this episode are amazing. I, I, I couldn't believe how good the shootout was just in the way that they absolutely brutally killed characters um, and just was like, yeah, they're just dead, just dead. So you've got Alec at the end of, uh, of last week's episode. He's just got half a head just lying on the floor. Yeah. I thought that was brutal, um, you know, Eunice or whatever his name is gets gets something in the arm. Have you forgotten Eunice's name yeah. now? Like- Eunice. Uh, <laughs> you know, for some odd reason how he's decided he's like some sort of fucking hero these days, and he gets blown up. And poor little Andy, you know, we we called it, but that was brutal. And and you've got Jack like slot literally slobbering as he's firing shots from the rock. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant. I mean, he's also doing a fine. Jim Carrey, Ace nah, Ventura I thought he was impression. brilliant. I thought his, I thought his acting. Mother Nature. That was that was definitely like, that was no, from I, Ace Ventura. I, I, yeah, I agree. But I actually when thought his acting calls. was. I thought it was fantastic. I thought I thought that whole shoot off was brilliant. Uh, and then it moved into sort of so like Gaz said, the pacing was all over the place. But that's because the episode takes a turn. It goes from 
hey, there's this action sequence to, hey, we're going into a horror sequence where we go through the caves, which I, I have no problem with. I like mm. the cave setting. Um, Weird montage scene. No, I, I actually it. quite like that with the two different camera angles and playing with light. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then it goes to the, the showdown with El Cucho. Well, good goal, good job. No, we're not saying that. Uh, and uh, I like it because the thing is, most of the time, Stephen King monsters are ridiculous. Like, and we'll get to, you know, Pennywise or something, and this is a, an exact sort of it copy. And you get there and it transforms into a giant spider or transforms into your greatest fears. And this is just a, a weakened sort of humanoid being thing that we don't really ever see what it is. Um, and I like that. I like the mystery that surrounds it. I like the fact that it doesn't know anything about itself, or that we believe anyway. Um, and I like the fact that it's weak and pathetic, and like they've literally cornered it and, and shrunk it down into this thing that it is now. So I like that because it's in keeping with the show. I think if they went any more supernatural, I would be like, oh, just a bit shit. So I was happy with all that. I was happy they wrapped it up early. And then I was happy with the fallout from it, to be honest with you. I thought Cynthia Revo uh, as Holly Gibney finally showed us um, more emotion, which is great. And she was obviously devastated losing Andy. I thought she was fantastic throughout the whole episode, the standout performer of the entire series without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I loved her acting. I liked Ralph in this episode. Um, and I like the way it all wrapped up. I like the way they've left it open for like a X Files type and so you show liked in season two. El Cucho just just being clawed, like yeah. So you like you like non scary things. I thought well, you no, liked but, stuff that was no, creepy. No, because in my mind that isn't his true form. The true form is my my mind is way scarier than what they could have shown yeah, me. But... If they turned around and showed him like with fangs going. <laughs> I'd just be like I would have hated that too I'd have hated it I would have hated that but I tell you what would have been good if it was like creepy and hidden and in the shadows or something maybe and but it had like an echoey voice right maybe that would have been creepy but not I didn't, just Claude going I didn't well love hey the, folks how are you doing like nah, what is that I, I didn't love the sound design on the, the noises that it makes like mm. the roars I told you that last Agreed. week I totally agree with you right, I don't like that and that was all that was actually too much for me in terms of giving away what it is yep the scariest part for me actually was watching it shape fit shapeshift its face a little bit at the end I thought that was actually excellently done and for me that was enough Um, so I'm actually going to say this is the best episode of the season Wow! I think this and the first episode are the best episodes of the season Uh, I just love the carnage at the start of the episode Yeah, I'm giving it a 5 I think it's earned a 5 easily mad Um, that's your first 5 isn't it Len my first five of the season at the very so end. So you think this was better than episode one? Uh, I think in retrospect, I would have... Now I've seen the entire season, I would love to watch episode one again and re- and not remark it, but maybe see why I didn't give it a five. Maybe mm-hmm. I was just a bit trepidatious about the some of the things that were going on. But um, yeah, uh, five from me. Thank you very much then. Um, oh, an interesting combination of thoughts and... Uh, different opinions on the same things which i like that is what castle rock critical is all about um you're not gonna like this guys but this fucking blew me away i love this finale um, much like andy in the car emma was blown <laughs> or, or howie trying to rescue andy from the yeah. car blown away yes poor howie yeah more like that poor poor howie um, look, in my opinion they nailed this ending um and it's something that we'll talk about a little bit more in king corner um which i've got quite a lot to talk to you guys about I felt like the the ending 
well, the initial ending, kind of the death of El Cuco, El Cucho, uh, Pedro. El Fan- Cucho. <laughs> no, no, That's Len. Not pizza. Can we get pizza after this? Because yes, I'm quite hungry. We can get pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I felt like it great. It paid really great homage to the book, uh, or homage, uh, whilst it also tied up loose ends for characters and storylines that they've added in the show. Um, I thought Mark Menchaca, who plays Jack Hoskins, was absolutely spot on. Um, for me, like he's developed so amazingly in the last last week, a little bit kind of, um, but over really the last five episodes. <clears throat> His character arc is, has been stunning and the way that he's played it has been visceral and engaging and kind of can't take your eyes away from it, but it's fucking hideous. Um, although I will say I watched this while eating my dinner um, and there was a lot of close-up shots of the back of his neck um, and that does not work when yeah. you're eating food. And Alec with half a head. Yeah. So well, no, I don't mind that. It. it was the pussy stuff. What do you mean? His brain was hanging out. That. Um, yeah. Len, I, I totally agree. Cynthia Erivo was, um, I mean, she is the absolute standout from this season. She's stunning. She is completely um, kind of captivating. Uh, she plays the role beautifully. And actually, one of the things that I really liked was the development of her and Ralph's relationship in this last episode. And I, I think yep. they could have done that better yep. throughout the season, but they were fantastic season together. Two. It's coming up. It's coming uh, up. Emma, well. they even said it. He even said it. Oh, I wouldn't mind uh, working with you again in the future. Maybe a uh, triple oh, gangland right. homicide. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about that, you know, in, in a bit more detail, especially when we get to the end of it. But I, I love this. I was completely captivated by the whole the whole episode. And it was shorter than I expected it to be. We kind of we had a longer episode last week and um, a bit shorter this week. But I, I thought it was stunning. And I have to say, I, I am delighted to say, that it is another five blueberry episode for Yay. me. Um, you know, like, well done HBO because I have to uh, definitely this should have been a six episode season, um, yeah. and it would have had it would have been much harder hitting and much more impactful if it had been. Um, but they've pulled it back, and despite you know a couple of episodes where I really thought they were going down the drain, this was spectacular. See, I, yeah, I, ju- I just think I just think this this whole thing started with so much promise. Like I loved the start, and I loved how creepy and un un sort of certain this figure was. Like I, I didn't know what it was. It was so mysterious and mm. enigmatic. And then it's like, well, it's when still you make mysterious. It, when you yeah, but when you make it just look and act yeah like paddy considine then yeah. considine then Constantine, it's like yeah it's like well that's all he is like it, yeah it that, just that we know or you that, have him sitting there growling like a lion yeah i didn't like that that's garbage but i do think they made the right decision because you then you have the claude versus claude thing at the end and then you see like the t1000 in terminator as it's going into the lava it changes into all the forms that it was previously mm. i really enjoyed that but I just think, Gareth, that it is something else that we don't know. And to be honest with you, my imagination of what it is, like when Cynthia was looking through Holly, sorry, Gareth said this off, off mic earlier, he said, stop calling her Cynthia, call her Holly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when Holly was looking through the internet at the end of episode four when she's having that bath and she yeah. sees all the horrible creatures, they're fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, that in my mind is more, that my my mind is like that, you know. Yeah, but if it was hidden in the shadows, then you could imagine that. Yeah, but then what how do they being. kill it? Like, 
fucking rock falls on him. I don't know. Throw a rock on it. I, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> quick, throw a rock on it. I think the only way that they could have, and Gaz, you, you're not wrong. That would have been terrifying. Like a kind of, you can't really see its face. You don't really know what's happening. It's, you know, maybe it's still wearing its hood. But the only way to have done that is if it didn't die. And I, and I think the way I looked mm. at it, that kind of cycling through people he's taken the faces of and all of that at the end that was brilliant that scared mm. the shit out of me mm. yeah um, that's scary shit maybe he also has forgotten his original form you know but we get the impression that he's been around for a very very long time yeah. And, and yeah and and also he's he's just like a vampire a vampiric type creature like a shapeshifter it's not necessarily that he is this big demon he is just you know, and this is the thing that leads it open to a season two. What else is out there? You know, like he asked the question to, to, to Holly at the end. If this is just a shape-shifting sort of vampiric creature, what what the fuck else is out there? Like, you know, it's quite interesting. We're getting going to get this X-Files type thing going on, which I hope, which might be quite fun um, and terrifying at the same time. I'm going to ask you guys another question that I don't know if you have prepared for or not. Um, I'd like you to blueberry the season, please. Uh, we'll go in the same order. Gaz, can you? Do you feel comfortable? Well, I don't care. Give me a blue Bruce for the season. I sort of briefly thought about this, and I think, I think if you added up all of my scores and gave an average, it would probably fall at a three blueberry. And given the sort of slight disappointment that I feel, or this the lack of satisfaction that I felt at the ending. I feel like a three is probably correct. But I reckon if you go back and you tally up all your scores, it's going to be a four. I think you gave quite a few fours, mate. But but this is the thing. I, I quite liked a lot of the slower build episodes more than the rest of you did. You didn't like the middle episodes. No, but some of them, some of them where it was, where the mystery was still there, I really liked. And I loved the start and the premise of it was brilliant. The way, the way that this that this series has been filmed and the music and the atmosphere, generally speaking, has been excellent. And for that alone, I'm probably going to give it a four because I, I did... It's really hard, isn't it? But I did... I, I, sometimes sometimes when something captures your imagination, it still carries, carries you through, even if you don't love where it ends. Mm. Um, and I just... I think... I think it was a wasted opportunity. I think it could have been better. I'm going to give it four. Mm. I will give it a four straight off the bat. I think it never... If it was six episodes, it could have easily been a five Blueberry miniseries. Um, And I think they'll regret that. And I think they'll look at it and maybe if they do do a season two, they'll make it shorter. Um, But I also think that the source material is very interesting. Like Gareth says, it has a very interesting premise. Yes, it does lose its way a little bit, but it's one of the more from if they've adapted it like you said they have Emma. It's one of the more realistic Stephen King adaptations. You know, it didn't go full crazy supernatural. It um you know, they like I said, it it felt like something it felt like this thing could exist if you get what I mean. Um which to me is more plausible than say Pennywise or um you know those sorts of villains that we have in 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 other Stephen King materials, like you know the Dark Tower series, all this stuff. So, um, I I I was happy with it. Um, shorter would have been better, but four I think is an excellent score uh, for a TV show to score overall. 
Yeah, and look, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys have said, and I have been thinking about this because I knew I was going to ask you, so benefits being the host. Um, and I've I've been really torn with how to score it because there are so many things that I really, really challenged me with this, which was the length of the season, that massive lull, the way they've adapted it, um, and some of the things that where they kind of dropped the ball a bit, um, where they've dropped stuff in and then not kind of carried on with it. And, you know, that, that has been hard work for me um but overall I think that the last two episodes have saved this season for me because I was really unsure where it was going to go so I'm going to echo you and and give it a four I think I you know it's a spectacular piece of television Cynthia Erivo is just stunning um oh yeah that's true acting acting alone good probably bumps it up to a four yeah none of the acting was bad the acting, um, the the directing, the, the music. characters, they were all point. Yeah. They all they all had a, a had a, like a, a point. They the plot waivers, uh, as we know, yeah. but yeah, but I think that's that Stephen in itself King, is mostly. Well, you say that. I do think that this is one of his better, less wavery stories. Um, anyway, well, we've got a lot to talk about, uh, but before we jump into the plot, I think it's time for a little advert break. Hello, uh, Len, doing the advert section. Hey, Len. Uh, yeah. It's um, a good job that you're doing the advert section. Oh, yeah. Seeing as we're down under. Oh, yeah. Oh. Speaking of down under, see, <laughs> had to get that in. Uh, one more time. It's our final official sponsor of the season, everybody. Uh, and that is still our sponsor, Manscaped. Um, Manscaped, Gareth, yes. designed this trimmer right. Yeah, called the Lawnmower 3.0. Now, that sounds excellent. Is, Will it mow my lawns? No. Okay. Your male lawns Ooh. or your loins. Do you say loins? Is that a thing? My loins are yeah. burning. You can mm. mow your loins. Yes. Um, you know, male grooming. Don't be ashamed to talk about it. We should call it. it a loin mower. A lo- we should write in and say oh that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but basically, as we've said throughout uh, you know, this sponsorship, if you are using your beard trimmer down there, don't do it. Dangerous. Dangerous. Don't use scissors. Don't even go down oh there with scissors. Um but this uh, lawnmower 3.0 is actually brilliant. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I've used it. It's uh, a game changer, Gareth. An absolute game changer. I'm pleased um, to hear it. I'm annoyed because you've you've got one. Yeah. And you've used it. I haven't got one yet. Yeah, you can't use mine. Do not share the lawnmower 3.0. You buy it for yourself, okay? Um, <laughs> okay. So the, if I wanted to buy one. Yeah. Go um, to manscaped.com, Gareth. Have you got any discount codes Big for discount for you, mate. 20%. Right, I'll take it. Uh, if you use the promo code FANCRITICAL, all one word, all capital letters, uh, not only do you get 20% off, you get free shipping. Ooh, okay? Uh, and this product's fantastic. It's, the design is fantastic. It's, um, you know, a great shave mm-hmm. down there. You get loads of little lotions and stuff. It's revolutionised the game, Gareth. So uh, anyone thinking of a gift, you know, if it's significant others... Or if you just want a, you know, a closer, a closer trim down there, that's nice and safe. Go to manscaped.com, Yeah. Uh, promo code FANCRITICAL, free shipping, all one word, FANCRITICAL. You get free shipping and, and send it to off. gas. That's a, that's a massive coincidence, seeing as yeah. our podcast is called FANCRITICAL. Yeah. So that's lucky. It is lucky, isn't it? Um, <laughs> okay. Enough official sponsorship. Uh, some things. If you are listening to this podcast and you have decided, oh, well, what are they doing next, those bunch of idiots? Well, good news. We're doing Westworld uh, Season 3. Our coverage of that returns. Yay. Uh, John is returning. Yay. Woo! 
the three minute men are reuniting yeah, um, with occasional special guest Emma potentially and um, uh, yeah and all you need to do is either stay or subscribe to the fan critical podcast channel or what we'd love you to do and this is a big favour for us here at fan critical if you could uh, search for the hosts of Westworld in any of your podcast apps or Spotify and you could subscribe to that channel um, that would be amazing that's our main Westworld channel so that's where Pretty much all our Westworld coverage is going to go. We have a preview podcast, which will be out tomorrow. Uh, we also um, will be releasing all of our episodes on there. If you want to throw us a review on there, that would also be amazing. Um, you know, we're trying to get that channel back up and running. So please do go to that channel. That is the hosts of Westworld, uh, any podcast app or Spotify. Um, Can just, I give one more? Yeah. One more thing? Yeah, hurry up though. Yeah, um, go on. Any video game fans oh, yeah. listening? We have, a, we have a little... We're talking. Yeah, we have a little... Finish little him. brother podcast um i know where i like it <laughs> um little brother podcast uh yeah. which involves my little brother mm. uh, it's not called little brother though is it girl no it's not it's called story mode story mode a, a video, video game, game podcast. podcast there is another story mode podcast um look for the one that says story mode a video game podcast yeah Subscribe to that one, okay? Yep. They're quite good. Jesse, Keelan. They're quite good. Quite good. They're very good. Very good. <laughs> Jesse, Keelan, Simon. Uh, they gather every two weeks. They talk about all things Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, Sony. PC. And PC. Anything, really, to do with video games. And it's it's just good quality content because they're all very knowledgeable on the subject matter they're talking they're about. Absolute fucking nerds, is yep. what you mean. But so are we. So uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it for the advert. Uh, Emma, let's jump into the old Plotteroonie, shall we? Right. So let's dive into the plot. Um, episode opening, mm. I think that there is a lot of stuff to talk about here. So what I'm going to do is give us a very brief rundown to a certain point and then we can talk about it. Is that OK with everybody? So we open up where we left off from last week. Uh, Jack is raining down fire on our intrepid investigative team. Alec uh, is dead. Uh, half his head's gone. Instant death. Brutal. Mm. Absolutely brutal. Um, so the rest of the team is scrambling for cover. Uh, he's basically pinning them down behind their trucks because he's still shooting. Can I, like can I ask a quick man. question? You can. Sorry to interrupt this early, but why would Jack have chosen to take out Alec first? He had the option of taking out Ralph, for example, um, uh, I, who I, might have been a more yeah, integral part of I the think team. it's more sort of like who he's got an emotional connection to. He didn't want to shoot Well, Ralph. he didn't even really want to shoot Andy to an extent he was like get back behind there you idiot um, he, and he and struggled to he shoot was also, Holly yeah um, I, I think he, it's easier to, pe- to I think there's two reasons one it's easier to kill people he doesn't really know and two um, I think Alec also poses more of a threat because he uh, is an ex-soldier Ralph works out that it's Jack, pleads for him to stop, but clearly that's not happening. Um, it, Jack is in a completely awful state at the moment. So he's completely, almost completely, I think, under the sway of the outsider. Uh, he's sitting there with a massive bottle of whiskey. Um, <laughs> he's hammered. Yeah, he's absolutely, he's absolutely fucking trolleyed, um, which, you know, I understand uh, both from personal experience and emotionally. I, I empathise with him that, you know, if you're going to shoot a load of people that you know, you probably need to get completely pissed. Um, so then just after this great shot of, of Jack and his bottle of whiskey and his sniper rifle and his mad dribbly face, uh, Howie, Claude and Seal arrive. Um, so as they, as they pull in, um, Eunice and Andy are like, 
fucking move. What are you doing? Move on. Um, and yeah, it's so, quite funny, isn't it? It is actually, it is quite funny. And, but then it's not funny because they they stop, they jump out of the car, Seal spots Jack and immediately runs out and starts firing, uh, what I think it's... From a, the hip. I mean, you know, he's... he's Hip fire. He's from Tennessee, man. At a sniper. At a um, sniper, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's it? like a shotgun, isn't it? It's, it's like a buckshot, yeah. So it's got it's spread like to it. Pump but, action, uh, isn't not it? You're not hitting him from that range. You're not, hit, you're not going to even damage him. You'd, you'd probably like a couple of bruised... Like, pellets in you but nothing deep you know he's given it a try um he nearly hits him at one point which is not realistic which is ridiculous um yeah but at the same time we then shoot back to jack uh where he is being approached by a rattlesnake uh which he stands yeah. up and like shoes away uh, which gives ralph and holly time to find better coverage which is good so then he resets um and he fucking kills seal right Straight, like, shot through the chest. Claude is fucking all over the shot. Jack is laughing. He managed to get one in Eunice's arm as he runs away. Um, and as Jack pauses to reload, Claude and Howie run out to get Seal, um, who is quite clearly dead. How did this make you feel, gentlemen? I, I felt I felt sad, um, not for the loss of Seal, but for Claude. That's, you know, that's his only connection. In this, in this, mm. in this darn world. Also, uh, the moment that um, Seal dies, obviously the outsider's like jacking off in his cave because that's some serious grief that he's getting hold of right there. Um, so, uh, I didn't. I mean, I thought Seal was. We said last week he's a goner. Obviously, he's yeah. dead. Um, you know, it 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 was a great start to the episode, like. You know, there's a couple moments where I was a bit like, "What's he doing with that rattlesnake?" He gets a little shovel out and just like shovels it off. Yeah, yeah. I was cracking up. Well, I, you could see him shoving it. I was like, "Guys, get your fucking shots up!" It was also, it was like a, it wasn't even a shovel. It was, it was like, like a, a proper rakey, forky thing. He could have stabbed also, it if he wanted. Where did he get yeah. that from? I don't think he wanted to. Well, right, he, he's fine killing. He's <laughs> fine killing like everyone he knows, no, but he doesn't want to kill that I, snake. I, I think he wanted to die. But no, and, and that's what I was going to say is that you know we know that um, people who are under, well, I mean, actually, not quite, but we know that people under the control of the outsider can't kill themselves. So maybe he, maybe he sees that as a potential way out, but thinks he can. I don't know. Maybe he's kind of battling with mm. El Cucho in his head. Yeah. And, hey, who knows? He does kill himself. Sorry, well, yes, himself. and that is released from that is something I okay. want to talk about later. I think because that is a very interesting uh, change of course. So we've got. But I've f- also got to say, I've got to say, that's a little bit elaborate, a little bit far fetched for me. That he goes, oh, I, I won't kill this rattlesnake because that could be the thing that kills me because I want to die. He could just run out and get shot by everybody. Isn't rattles? Aren't rattlesnakes? Have we seen a rattlesnake before? Am no. I making that up? Only in only in episode nine. Where did we see it? It was near Jack when he was coming out. Oh, to get ready. so fine. So they've seeded the idea that that would kill him then. Yeah, I mean it's been there since yeah the yeah, end of okay. last episode. Yeah, that's fine. Well, okay, in King cool. Corner, I'll tell you why they've done it. Um, <laughs> so we've had our first first two deaths. Alec Alec Pelly is definitely dead. Uh, Seal definitely dead. Um, and at this point, Andy's like, oh, I can't call anyone. There's no phone reception. Because of course is there weird. isn't. Um, this is weird, but I like the outcome of it. But it's weird. You cruel, like dark man. Um, so Andy, really disgusting. 
at poor old Andy. So he thinks what what is a great idea is to make a run for one of the cars and drive to get reception, right? Idiot. Yeah. So is get- that what he's definitely doing, Em? Yes. Because don't you think? I thought he got the phone out. This is a bit of confusion, so you guys can help me. I thought he got the phone out to to call for help. Yeah. And Cynthia instantly was like, "Don't you dare do it, <laughs> Holly." Oh yeah, shit. Holly was like, "Don't you dare do it," because I thought that if they called for help, that would they can't because they know they've got a supernatural being in the cave. It doesn't make any sense. So they were yeah. like, don't call for help. We need to sort this out. Otherwise, Okucho's going to get away or, we, you know, we're going to fuck it up. Sure. So that's what I think the problem was. So then I think he gets in the car and he's like, I'm going to lead it away. I'm going to lead Jack away. I'm going to distract Jack. Don't agree. Okay, well, that's what I think. I think he's still for. heading off. I think he's still heading off. To Not to get phone reception. I think she's saying, I think you've uncovered a slight plot hole that they haven't thought about, but that could easily be covered up by what you've said. I think she's saying, don't you dare, in the sense that it's a dangerous mission and she doesn't want him to to do it because she knows he's putting himself at risk. Oh, right. No, I thought she was like, don't dare call anyone. Because- no, she's oh, like, don't wow. you dare put yourself at risk. If anyone making the show listens to this podcast, can you please <laughs> write in and let us know? Because I'd really uh, like clarification I on that, I think actually. I'm right. Yeah. But- I, I think it's an interesting point, actually, because that is slightly confusing. Um and I thought it was a combination of you can't call out for a start. Who are you going to call? Um, and secondly, there's no reception. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I Two. mean, here at this point, they'd be great. Um, but unfortunately, th- this does not go well for Andy. This was a terrible decision. Uh, so he's reversing out. Jack is shooting at him. Um, I mean, he gets there and starts the car. And then the cast. Why is he reverse so slowly? I've never seen a man is re- mental reverse like like just put your foot down. Cars reverse fast if you need yeah. them to. They're in like second like, gear. When I they reverse. totally understand reversing that slowly if you're backing your car into a driveway or something. Yeah. Do if not ram your car you're shot into a driveway. Get, <laughs> if you're trying to get away from a murderous sniper, sniper, just f- floor it. Like, don't worry about it. If you're gonna, <laughs> oh, Gareth. Punch it. Punch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it's too slow. And clearly this is his downfall because he's slumped over in the front seat. Holly is devo. Uh, she goes to run to him. But mm. Howie's like, no, no, no. It is brutal. Go. It is brutal. Yeah. It was fucking rough. And as Howie's running towards the truck, Jack shoots the gas tank and then the spilled gas. It ignites. It explodes. The blast turns Andy into ash and uh, and throws Howie back. He, he's on fire at one point. Now he's he's dead. Yeah. So that's death three Instant and death. four. Mother nature. <laughs> and at some point, Whoa! Jack yells mother nature, which I uh, just, uh, could you not have said fucker? Like, motherfucker. Um, yeah, I don't understand. That's uh, so out of character. It was clever of him to shoot the uh, fuel it tank was. and then create a spark and like, no, because I'm glad that it didn't just do the stupid TV thing and go, Oh, it, one shot to the fuel tank Kaboom. will blow the car up. Because it doesn't. Because nah. it just, it literally Makes just opens it up and then yeah. you use the spark. And I thought that was clever. Um, people were a bit surprised that Howie was like instant dead. I was like, what? He just got, he was next to the car and it blew up. That, that, the force of that explosion would crush your well, inside. It set him on fire the, and it threw him back into a vehicle. He's he's defo dead at that point. Just I, from the explosion he's dead. I always think that in movies when you see like an explosion and somebody's sort of 10 metres away from it and they get dead. held through dead. the air. I always think like that doesn't look like it would kill you. It looks like it would 
push you it's and the, then you get it, up and go oh that hurt no it's the insides but the insides yeah. burn they like, like burn they that, rupture the heat oh, fucking hell. burns your insides That's like kills your breakfast. lungs he's dead You're done uh, yeah sorry yeah <laughs> was your breakfast exploding car it, it because... was cigarettes it was awful um, but now I don't want it so uh, <laughs> actually my breakfast normally is cigarettes um, what liver I I love liver, but not for breakfast. I was joking. Um, Gareth is the outsider. He eats organs. Well, speaking of the outsider, he is delighted at this. And he's rocking back and forth inside the cave, having a great time. Jack cheers. Um, But then Holly decides to get up and walk towards the wreckage um, and then walk towards him, at which point... Mm -hmm. You've got this, I think this is great. So you've got Ralph and Eunice yelling for her to get back. She's ignoring that. And then you see Jack sighting her straight through the scope. Um, and you see it from that perspective. Yes. And she, yeah, easy and she yells, damn you to hell. And, damn you to and what's really interesting hell, here is that um, instead of shooting her, because he seems unable to make himself do that, he drops his gun and his reply is, oh, he definitely will. Which is rough. Yeah. I, interesting. Mm. Um, El Cucho doesn't like this. So he uh, makes the boils on the back of Jack's neck go all manky and horrible and hot and boily yeah. uh, to punish him and cause him pain. Um, but Jack is not having this. He's trying to refuse. He's trying to tell him that you won't kill anyone else. Um, and then, then we hear a rattling noise and that snake's back. Um yeah. Where and Jack's response is very interesting and kind of maniacal where he he kind of smiles and kind of goads the snake on a bit and obviously the snake strikes him. Yeah. Uh, Go it, on then you slithery fuck you it, ain't got no legs. It's like the moment in uh, Jurassic Park clever girl. It's just got back <laughs> yeah. up on the rock. And it's got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got the we have referenced Jurassic Park far too many times during this season yeah, yeah, yeah weirdly yeah, as well true, it's, it's bizarre maybe they were yeah. uh, inspired by it so we've got this great juxtaposition then of Holly calmly walking back to the van and Jack screaming like a fucking nutter um, and uh, Ralph kind of tries to pull her into cover and she's like no no, no it's fine Jack's done it's time for us to get into the cave so Ralph yeah very calm yeah well I think it's mad. a bit kind of in shock, probably. Um, this yeah, is not and also pleasant. she's slightly on the spectrum that we've discussed, so sometimes handling these emotions is quite tricky. But also, uh, it, I found it a bit jarring, this whole sort of... Everyone's just been slaughtered. Yeah. And yet they're like, here's a couple of flashlights, uh, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> I've got to say... I mean, that was the only bit that was a bit jarring. For one me. of the, the things... The only bit. One of the things that I think is is so fantastic about this scene is Holly's reaction. So she is really struggling, I think, with the auditory assault and the noise and the and the trauma and everything like that. And there's one point where you see her in front of a in front of one of the trucks with her hands on her on her ears and on her head, and her face is just unbelievable. Like Cynthia Erivo is so good, so good. Um, anyway, sorry, that's just me bigging her up because she's fantastic um so they check on Eunice and's like you're right stay here with Claus we'll go in there great brilliant uh and then Jack appears out of the trees he is bitten to fuck all swollen up he looks rank um and and as like Ralph and um and Eunice both draw their weapons Jack hobbles towards them and points towards the cave and goes it's in there 
kill it. And then just puts his face on a shotgun, uh, on his sniper rifle, and shoots his head off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, I know we want to discuss yeah, like this. That. How? How? Uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Is this a rule breaking? What do you mean? No, because no, because they can't really kill themselves, but they they can in a way. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Good right. Point. Len, no, Len, no, as Len they, says, Len they throw themselves into. He hasn't broken su- a rule because the rule is they die. You can't kill yourself. The rule but, is they die. Right, Len, go and sit on the naughty them. steps. And Gareth, answer <laughs> my question, please, because that made no yeah, fucking so, sense. No, I think the thing that happened is the thing that one of you said earlier. Oh, yeah, me, it was me. Which so. was the, the the correct point, rather than this absolute garbage that you just came <laughs> out with now. I release you from my service. Genie, correct. you are free. He, Wrong film. Um, the, the outsider, El Cucho, said, all right, look, fuck you. I'm going to kill you with this rattlesnake. You're yeah. done, right? He released him. He released Jack from his service, from his... Um, servitude rather and therefore Jack had free will again and didn't want to live with what he had done knew that he was fucked anyway like he was gonna he was dying oh anyway. he's dead he had like or even if he didn't die he was like he's in a, a wee bit of trouble um, so eloquently so put shot, shot his Sarah, face off. thank you um, I think that is exactly what happened um, but let, let's not worry about that there's only five people died in this episode I said it earlier so <laughs> but also <laughs> They can't kill themselves, but they ca- can kill themselves. Yeah, so it's not breaking a rule, it but earlier, it is so. breaking a rule, but it's not. So <laughs> I feel like Vicky Pollard. Um, right, so let's get in the cave. Wow. 2002 wants its record. <laughs> 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 yeah. Everyone that isn't in the UK will be like, or over, like under the age of 30. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, let's mm. get in the cave. Ralph and Holly are, are heading inside. Um, this is. Uh, okay, for a start, they've got a flashlight. She's got UV light. Yeah, yeah. clever. I, I really like this. I think the atmosphere of it is great. They don't really know where they're going. They're heading down this old rickety stairwell, like staircase. It's all kind of falling apart. <gasps> There's a dead animal. Uh, <gasps> some pretty. There's another dead animal. <laughs> hey, who wrote this? <gasps> hey, look, it's scared of falling. Hey, it's the Bolton's grave. I hated this. Really? I liked it. I, I know you did. I hated this like weird atmosphere like montage thing like I didn't get it it felt like it was like a corporate video like I don't... for what spelunking <laughs> yeah some sort of like come tourism. check out our cave Tour- it was like a tourism video cave like, fest 2020 you, you know those like postcards like TV shows where they go on like little holidays and then they, they'll have a still shot and then the the presenter will be speaking with the expert still shot like, of an animal carcass and then, like, they'll sort of fade from that point to the next. And then they'd be like, and here's where the man finally laid down his sword. And then they fade away again. I tell you, it would have been better if there was just occasional, like, not over lion noises, which is what we get that. from this thing. But if, if they'd done the, the roar better or the, like, just some weird noises in the cave would have actually yeah. really helped. Like, it was like, some weird, like, clicking, like, like that. That'd be fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> or what if it was like, what if it was like this sort of noise? <laughs> yeah, or like um <laughs> like the thing in the lighthouse. Yeah. Like that's fucking oh fucked up film. But yeah, I just meant th- th- I I was fine with this, but they could have made it a bit scarier. It wasn't scary. It, it wasn't, wasn't scary. I mean, I, I'm scary. a horror. Now I'm just thinking back on it scared, thinking it's so. like some kind of shit time thing. Um <laughs> so eventually they find El Cucho. Um and he well, the voice of Claude 
uh, echoes out from this cave saying, watch your step. Um, watch your step. Watch yeah. your step. Oh, Slippy good. down there. Um, well, howdy, fellas. <laughs> Just pull up a chair. Come and share a beer with me. Like, why is he so friendly? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I think it's because he knows all he's got at this point is his ability to talk his way out of this situation. Is his charm. Yeah. Well, essentially, his charm yeah. and his melty <laughs> face. Um, but they find him sitting on a camp bed. Um, he's surrounded by all of his weird lamps and shit that Jack's been buying him from Walmart. Uh, greets them. And he says, oh, Holly, I don't know your last name, but Claude talk- thinks about you all the time. Creepy. And also can, makes no can sense. Can I just say, you've just yeah. reminded me. Emma Phillips, of the fact that we never, we still haven't really learnt what all that like. He just likes building life. a little room. He's got a microwave for his little pop tarts or his toaster for his pop tarts. He's got a little lamp. He's got a little mattress. Why did Jack have to buy all of those appliances, Emma? Please answer it's that. Not question. in this. We know I it's haven't not in got the a fucking clue. So but I've I've got a another funky, question. That is a fucking mental inclusion. Are, that is a mental. How inclusion are the lamps lit? For it, for it because to not be where's the electricity in the cave? Correct. Oh no! I, I thought they um, said that there was like hippies and stuff that went to that cave yeah, and they rooted ele- electricity no, in there. No, they or never something. said that. Right? Nonsense. Such garbage. Nonsense. I think. Oh, I think right. I, I'm taking. Can I change my score for the for the show, please, to a three? Oh, what? Because he likes a nice little bedroom. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Right. I'm taking back control. Um, so. She tells him her name. I'm Holly Gibney. She's very cool and calm at this point. Um, and El- oh, I'm not going to call him that. The outsider says that, you know, you're the reason I've got a heartbeat. Why was it so easy for you to believe that I existed? Um, and how did you get a skeptic like Ralph to believe? So Holly doesn't say anything um, and actually goes back and says, where did you come from? Are there others like you? He's not answering directly. Um but he does say, you know, I've, I've I've often wondered if there are more like me, maybe even sensed it, uh, which is interesting. So Ralph's having none of this. And he's like, right, fuck this. I've got my gun out. I'm going to shoot you. The outsider gets up, walks right up to him. So outsider Claude dares him to shoot, but then makes a very, very good point of yelling and hearing it echo and everything crumble and go, mm, shoot gun in here. Fucking gonna cave in, isn't it's it? It's a MacGuffin. Um, echo, echo, echo. Go, go, go. Uh, so they're in a bit of a stalemate here. Um, and Kucho talks about feeling the presence of the dead people in the cave and the euphoric sensation of feasting on the grief of others. Um, but Holly really wants to know at this point why he kills and eats children specifically. Um, he kind of skirts around the question, but she pushes him and he says that children taste sweetest, which mm. yeah. is horrible. Mm. It's not a great line to hear from anyone, is it? It reminds me it's not gonna... a little bit of um, the, like, Rose the Hat in Doctor Sleep. I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I've, I've, I've not seen it or read it, but, but I know the character. Yeah, so, the... so I, I know the... the... The troop of them, um, so just a little Easter egg while we're here. Um, so in Doctor Sleep, they find a, a troop of people who basically like suck the souls out of children who have um, with, the, with shine. the shine. So they suck the shine out of them, mm. um, and you know that when they're young and um, you know it hasn't faded, they taste sweeter, which is fucking gross. Uh, mm-hmm. Ralph is pretty upset by this, um, and kind of <sighs> he wants to charge at the outsider, but. The outsider is smiling. He's really enjoying this anger and the grief uh, that he's causing in them. 
He's eating it up. He is. He is eating grief, the grief eater. Um, Now, at this point, all of a sudden, we hear a shotgun cock nearby. And who steps out of the shadows but real Claude? Yeah, I've got to say, I thought... I thought that Eunice was kind of on babysitting duty here. He has been He's shot in the arm. He's not a very good job. He's also lost an arm almost, so probably passed out. Are you saying one-armed people can't aren't capable of looking no, after No, I'm people. saying that he's probably lost that's... blood and he's passed out unconscious. Well, well, he's not because we come back to him. He's fine. He's like, all right, shall I drive? Yeah, he came round again. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was a little dazed I mean, and confused at one point. Good point, but well, what do you think about... Um, you know, real Claude and outsider Claude meeting face to face. Do you think it, it works? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I, yeah, think I like it, that. I think it had to be done, probably. Yeah, I like that. My theory at this point of how to kill the outsider was to kill the person he was transforming into. That's that what I thought theory. that's what I thought was gonna happen. So I was like, Yeah. The only way they would kill it is uh, if they killed Claude. Interesting. And then yeah. it would die in transition or something. Turns uh, out it's just a massive rock to the face that would do it. Yeah. It's the Cersei Lannister of the outsider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, actually. Um, Claude is fucking furious, right? So, A, this bloke's taken his face. B, he's got Jack to shoot his brother, who's his last remaining bit of family. Um, and despite Holly and Ralph's efforts, he won't put the gun down. Um, and actually, the outsider seems kind of amused and almost sort of like, almost like giggly. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, mm. yeah, kind of. Oh, look, you're here. Um, and I wonder if he's getting, um, you know, like more of Claude into him. Oh God, that sounds awful. Um, anyway, move uh, on. Yeah, <laughs> but there's also that reali- realization, like you, you, he knows what Claude's thinking, so he knows that Claude's going to shoot him. Yeah, he knows that the cave's going to fall in. He knows. There's a moment where he just closes his eyes before he does it because he knows that Claude's like I'm going to shoot this guy mm. um, and he does yeah. and that's why it happens he does and, and- um, also it's obviously a pl- it's obviously a plan from Il Cucho mm. because uh, he knows that he'll survive the cave-in probably mm. he also knows they'll all die maybe uh, and he can probably slink off or feast on their corpses get strength back and then slink off so it's well, a good idea plan. what? it didn't work out did it? No, not in the end. They somehow all didn't get injured by the cave-in. But, uh, you know, in Plot theory, armor. he had the right idea. Yeah, he did. And- it's all he had because he doesn't have any superpowers like that Gareth wants him to have. Gareth wants him to turn into I don't some sort of giant spider. Have- I would hate that. You don't listen. You don't listen. <laughs> um, I wanted him to be creepy standing in the corner. Okay. In the shadows. Okay. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So he didn't turn Not into just some guy, shadow like. monster. <laughs> well, but, don't shoot me if you don't want to die. Well, there there but, is an interesting... I, you know, this was his plan. There is an interesting shot later on, which I'll, I'll highlight for you guys, which I think um, kind of pays a bit of homage to what you're talking about. But, I mean, yeah, Claude shoots him. Rocks are falling everywhere. Claude's pinned down under a rock. He's broken his leg. Ralph and Holly are yeah. unscathed. Um, and then they kind of hear a bit of a noise nearby and then they find El Cucho's just lying on his back, face partially... I mean, his face yeah. is fucked. He's impaled by a stalactite, yeah. uh, but he's not dead. Well, we don't know if he's dead. Holly Holly takes Ralph's knife and shoves it into his heart. Um, yeah, and, uh, payback for Andy. Yeah, massive payback, and, and I like that. So something very interesting then happens here. So after she goes to pull it out and she can't, uh, Ralph tells her to leave it there, blah, blah, blah. And 
and Ralph says, you know, no matter what evidence we have of this, no one's going to believe them and, and Terry Maitland's name, Terry's name will never be cleared. And Holly responds with, who's Terry? Yeah, that was so weird. Um, Why? Uh, it's that kind of thing that either she's so wrapped up in the moment or this is something else. Yeah. And I, and I can't remember what I thought at the time. I'll tell you what I did. I, we'll come back to that at the end, actually, Emma, because that, that might be a season two point. But um, I thought this was a missed opportunity. Uh, although the shape-shifting face was creepy as, I thought what was going to happen, not that I'm rewriting the show to be better, but... When they found Claude, I thought, the exact I thought same it thing. was like a switch, the old classic switcheroo. Classic switcheroo. Uh, Quick, draw an X on the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right. I thought, it was, I, I thought it was a classic switcheroo situation, and then he was gonna, and it's gonna have a real sinister ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's a bit cheesy. That's I would have liked bit, it. I would have liked it. That's a little bit teen horror, isn't it? A like, little bit. Like they're walking off. They're walking off with him limping, and then he just turns back to face the camera. And yeah. goes, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King. Several Stephen King adaptations have literally finished that way. Uh, Storm of the Century finishes that way. Mm. Um, I've not read that yet. Pretty much, would it? Oh, sorry. The sh- <laughs> the, not the book. Not the book, but the fucking adaptation finishes that way. Anyway. Which is based entirely on the book. Yeah. <laughs> word right. for word. Let's circle, let's circle <laughs> back to shot. the plot, shall we, instead of spoiling things for people who haven't seen or read them. Um, so at this point, we think he's dead. They go and help Claude out. Uh, Ralph sees the uh, the ghostly apparitions of his son and uh, Ollie Peterson, the older brother of, of the kid that was killed um, back home. Frankie Peterson, isn't it? No, it's all. Frankie's the kid. Ollie's his the, bigger brother. The oh, it's Ollie, yeah. is it? The, Ollie's the brother. Um, oh, Ralph yeah. is the only one that can see them, and clearly he realises that El, El is not dead. So he sends Holly and, and Claude off, and he goes back, and they have this very interesting kind of repartee um, where he's like, I know you're not dead. He, you know, he talks about, like, you can't hunt, you can't feed, I'll bring people to look at you, scientists to poke you and dissect you and this, that, and the other. Um, and then he picks up a rock and smashes it into his head. Yeah, love I it. I thought it was brilliant. Love it. Um, but we got the shape-shifting faces just before yeah, that, Emma. Yeah, so, well. that was question. Good. We've got Holly in there, definitely. I think there's a bit of Terry. What? What? There's no Holly. They, 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 I, saw this, I saw this on Reddit, and I saw this on Twitter. Uh, it's a massive... Everyone's like, Holly is not in there. It's just a mixture of Hofstetter, who yeah. is the nurse, turning into the... Heath Hofstetter the girl, turning like, into the, the girl, girl from New York and it's just because then she has hair and she's like African American uh, people are like it's Holly. it's Holly it's not Holly and I, I get it it's difficult to tell with the, the face shape shifting and that but I think that's the um, point isn't it um, and that's what makes yeah, it I mean, but, creepy and thought provoking uh, and it and then I, it goes into some weird old decrepit. Yeah, bit. I wasn't it's sure terrifying. where it was going. Like I thought maybe it was going to try to turn to, into, into his son into his son yeah I thought that to make it hard to yeah. kill him but how um, can it do that? It has to have their DNA, well, so that's evidently. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's true. But then, why is Holly? Why does she look disappointed in Ralph after it happens? She's not disappointed. She, I think she's like, I think she's, she nods. She's looking and she's like, I think she nods at him and, and she gives away. him this sense of like, we've done it. Like, I'll be honest. I think she's just fucking you know, like. I'm so glad this is over. But she's done. She's yeah. over it. She's over it. Before Ralph um, leaves the cave, the camera lingers on the hoodie, which I really liked. And that was that kind of creepy, you can't see what it is because it's half shaded and dark. And I thought that was really clever. Yeah. I mean, um, 
Is it dead? Well, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think so. I I, I. 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 don't. I don't think so. But we'll come to that at the end. Um, well, we are nearing. Uh, we are nearing it, the end. Yeah. So yeah, everyone, around, everyone gets outside. Um, get a moment. I mean, you say we're nearing the end. We've still got twenty five minutes of the show. Yeah, left. we can wrap yeah, this bit well, up easily. This bit doesn't need music montage. I know. Um, Hence it not being a five five. No, I liked it. Area, it was so. very emotive. I felt. Um, so. They take a moment to kind of mourn the fact that everyone's fucking dead. Uh, they talk about getting their stories straight and everyone but Ralph leaves um, and he waits there for law enforcement. So that that is over. Cave, cave carnage, done, dusted, outside, outside are allegedly dead. So then we head back to Georgia for a quick scene of D.A. Hayes watching the footage of El Cucho with Terry. Um, and then he gets a call from Eunice. Eunice tells him there's been a shootout in Cecil, Tennessee... Jack Hoskins was there. Loads of people are dead. Um, actually, it turns out Jack was the accomplice of the person who'd, who'd actually been killing all these kids. Um, yeah. And and we leave that there. Harsh on Jack. Yeah, pretty yeah. harsh. But you know he's dead. And um, you know in theory he yeah. he was the uh, unwilling accomplice to the person who was killing all these kids. So then we get you know repeating stories and making sure that you know everyone's on the same page and all of those things and especially with Eunice talking to Claude in the back of the car and, and Claude is, is Devo and we get a kind of combination of, of different scenes so I'm going to try and focus on them kind of the aftermath like kind of one by one so we'll start with Ralph Ralph is talking to the local Cecil Tennessee police um he's telling them about Jack uh calling um seal to say he had new information on the case um asking them to meet up it was an ambush everyone died blah 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 which uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me but fine um and then he yeah. calls genie <laughs> go with yeah. it Whatever. go with it it's fine yeah. then he calls leaves the police station and he calls genie and says i need if, if for us to get away with this i need you to do some things so i need you to talk to glory uh and tell her what's happened she can't talk about it um and obviously you know even if you she don't believe, won't believe me it anyway exactly so, yeah um and i and i think you know glory's reaction to this is you've done what you said you would whether it's true or not kind of like she said last episode i believe that you believe yeah. he's he's exonerated he's exonerated so yeah. she's she's just that's kind that of all that matters his name's been clear um and then Jeannie goes home and burns the El Cucho chair. Now, I've got a serious question about this, right? So she grabs the chair yeah. and she puts it outside, covers it in whatever is flammable and sets it on fire. And then as you pan out, like she's doing it on the grass. There's a big bit of paving over to the right-hand side. Why have you not done it on there, Jeannie? You've set the grass on fire. Yeah, that's safer. Grass fires move faster yes. than, than bush fires. She didn't want to stain her pavement with embers and chars. Yeah, but, but she hasn't got a fire extinguisher or anything. Anyway. Well, she's an amateur fire artist then, and you yeah. know, that's, that's possible as well. Maybe, maybe. Um, so then we flip to Holly, who is talking to uh, Andy's bosses, or Andy's old bosses, I think, um, saying that she brought him into an investigation. She found him highly capable. Oh. Um, and Aww. then when they walk out of the room Sad, and she's in floods of tears, it fucking broke my heart, guys. Yeah. Like, it's good. Really Yeah, good. she's brilliant in this episode. This is it. This is the range of, of 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 her character that we've seen this episode is insane. Like, she's terrified. She's calm, cool and collected. She's inquisitive with the creature. She's then tragically upset. Um you know, she's then forgetful. <laughs> who's, who's Terry? Huh? Who's what? Terry? Yeah, she's forgetful. Trauma. Um Terry who? Uh, so she's completely, you know, 
brilliant in this episode. And hats off to Cynthia Evo. You know, she's an Oscar nominated actress and that level of skill is clearly uh, apparent in this series Absolutely. so uh the standout for me and and brutal it made me very sad because i i did like her and andy so um yeah Poor uh, old and andy. i bought it i bought it i bought it hook line and sinker and it was nice to see her bring her walls down that she puts up and then can tell you exactly how high the walls are to the exact foot <laughs> uh, and then they came down and she was able to, um, you know, let someone into her life. And it was very sweet and tender. And to have that taken away from her must be incredibly tough, considering the lifestyle that she leads in Chicago is very isolated. Um, you know, she, you know, even being part of this team was a big deal for her. And now she's back to being alone. Um, so yeah. it was it was sad. Yeah, I think it's really well done. The, the flashback to, you know, the night that they did the horizontal tango uh is is very sweet mm. um not we don't see that obviously we see the morning after uh yeah and you're you're right she's just she's stunning um what we get next is that the da visit visits glory uh basically says i'm going to declare that terry's innocent publicly really sorry um you know i'm i'm really sorry this has all happened blah, sorry about blah. That. um and then family sorry. hug blah what what the fuck are they talking about the DNA here? Oh, the DNA was muddled. It's, oh, like, it's like, wait a minute. So fucking convenient. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, so actually. At the start, there was, it was very clear. I think he's just trying to find or an excuse. Or does the DNA change? Ooh, that's Ooh. a good idea. Maybe the DNA changes. I like that idea. As he changes. Because yeah, you can clever. also, if you have, well, I mean, this is more like you're talking like 90s forensic science, but you can, if you have, yeah, if you have mixed DNA samples, it can be hard to extricate them. But maybe the yeah, outsider's I, I, DNA yeah. is mixed and it can't be separated because he's multiple people. Ugh, brain fart. Okay, yeah. fine. Anyway, moving yeah. along. So our final, although we we our final couple of scenes. So Holly is leaving the Andersons' house. Um, Ralph says, "You know, wouldn't mind working with you again." They have this really wonderful hug, um, which I yeah, think is great. Nice. Um, uh, Setting up season yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, there's a bit before that where kind of. Holly talks about when El Cucho says, why were you so open to believing? And she tells this kind of very short story about a father being in the military saying a man knows a man. And she says, um, if she could have responded to him now, she'd say an outsider knows an outsider, which I thought was great. Really great because she is on the kind of periphery uh, of society because she's different. Yeah. Um, so the show's named after her, really. The title of the show is about her potentially she well, is, the outsider, is the outsider, which I find quite interesting as a concept, you know. I think um, I that's like probably that, how they'll that, tie that it in the for a season two. Um, yeah, true. true, that as well. As yeah. Holly leaves, Ralph says, what else do you think is out there? She responds with what I think is the most adorable little smile and kind of a, eh, don't know, and then walks off, which I just... Who the fuck knows? I loved it. Who knows? Who knows, mate? See you in season two. She, she's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out of here, man. Mic drop. Get me out of here. Um, yeah. And then our last scene before credits is um, Ralph and Jeannie in the cemetery. He talks to Jeannie about when he saw their son um, and saying that he needed to be let go. And Jeannie makes a joke and saying, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, but he does say if something as unthinkable as the outsider is possible, then maybe there is a chance we'll get to see him for real at one point. Um, and then Jeannie kind of says, you know, maybe one day far in the future, we'll see him in heaven, etc. Um, and actually, we then see that they've been uh, nearby to the grave of Frankie Peterson as well, which I, th- I think is is a lovely ending 
for them. Start the show with Frankie, end the show with Frankie. And it does. Um, you know, we see Frankie before we see uh, any other characters. Actually, we see the man walking the dog before we see any other Should characters. Should have ended with him. Should have ended yeah. with him. Walking but, his dog. Uh, you know, it was nice to, to tie it all back into what eventually we thought at the start was a true crime sort of thing and then ended up being supernatural and then just reminds us of why they went on this monster hunt. Um and then we have the bloody post credit yeah. scenes, don't Let's we? Let's talk about this. So we get a brief bit of credits and then we see, we flash to Holly at her house in, in the bathroom getting ready for bed. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to point out here, for someone so fastidious, her bathroom is fucking filthy. Um, but yeah. moving along, mm. she looks in the yeah. mirror and sees scary a flash looking. of Jack Hoskins behind her, which is yeah, shit scary. scary. Um, she turns around, no one's there, obviously he's dead. So she gets a mirror to check the back of her neck, but she doesn't find any. Which is a relief for all of us. And, you know, I thought it was going to end there, but it doesn't. So she gathers herself together. She gets them to bed and she goes online, pulling up some news articles about Terry being cleared. Um, And then what we see, well, we're listening to the radio. And uh, very interestingly, the song that they play is the song that Ralph mentioned by the Village Stompers. The one that Ralph mentioned when his his mum died. That's playing in the background. And it kind of, so this is shot very interestingly. So it it lingers on the back of her head while she's playing with her hair. And then we see on her arm a scratch. Yeah, I saw that. Gareth, thoughts? So she's got, yeah. Well, the implication is obviously... But the outsider got her, but there was no scene where no. we saw that. I happen. watched it. I went. I, I actually went on Reddit, went through some stuff. Uh, there's she was no near it. Well, no. The, the only time where she's near it is where she stabs it in the heart, mm. and he didn't. And um, she would have. We would have seen that. Around. Well, I. Well, we would have seen that maybe. Probably. Um, I think that. But but that is also timed with the moment that she says, "Who's Terry." What if it disorientates when it scratches? Well, I don't potentially. know. Like, uh, it's a it's a weird situation. I think I I still think the who's Terry line is mental decision. Like, to leave that to leave that as ambiguous as it is is too much. Like, why is she saying that? I've got no idea. Well, that's what I mean. I've got no idea. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but like, it's it's there are too many leaps to get to that point to go. Oh well. Maybe she's saying it because it gets because you get disoriented when the outsider scratches yeah. you. So therefore, the outsider scratched her. Like that's too much. Well, I think it's that there much. are three possibilities here. Silly. One, the outsider scratched her. He's not really dead. He's going to turn into her. But it might take him a bit longer because he's had his face smashed in. Season two. Uh, yeah. Two. Another El Cucho has scratched her at some point, and we don't know who that El Cucho is. Ooh, like that. Three. They're just teasing us, and it means nothing. Yeah, possibly a tease. I think it's just She's a playing tease. With the back of it, yeah. I think it's just a tease. Um, I because yeah. the, the the cave the cave did fall on her. Don't forget, she would be a bit scratched yeah. and bruised. Um, I think it's just a tease. It's an interesting end credit scene. One that makes us question if she's just haunted by the events of what happened. Um, uh, and and one that makes us question is there more supernatural things at play. Mm. But um, I'd like to watch it again. She's quite a supernatural character. Well, yeah, I'd like to watch it again in a couple of weeks when I've kind of it's settled in my head and see what I think about it then. And I will. Um, and I, I might let people know I might not bother. Who knows? Um, but that's it. That That is our mm. finale of The Outsider. Which, wow. yeah, we've wow. done it. Ten episodes, ten weeks. Yay. Um, I... 
you know we've done a really deep dive here but i think it was definitely worth doing um but i think it's probably a good opportunity for us to now mooch along to king corner what do you think yep let's do it let's do it get to the corner get to the corner just like everybody else here the house is burning hi georgie i'm afraid i have a tendency to turn up the heat red rum red rum Hello, King Corner time. Uh, But actually, before we start King Corner, uh, in homage to one of my favourite podcasts, uh, My Favourite Murder, I'm going to do a little corrections corner because Mm. uh, I missed some things. And um, I feel as our resident uh, literary... Uh, expert, king expert, king expert. I have got a degree in English. Uh, I I should know these things, so I would like to just clarify a couple of things that either I missed or might have forgotten about <clears throat> before we start talking about this episode. If that's okay with everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, calling back to a few episodes ago when we had the big meeting of everyone, where Holly did her um, kind of this is what's happening. Here's the mentalness. One of the things that happens in the book that doesn't happen here is uh, that when Jeannie describes uh, the man that visited her in the middle of the night, either in a dream or reality, she perfectly describes Claude Bolton. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which so, I missed and forgot, yeah. so I apologise. Um, so that was just why they get the lead to Claude yes. then. So that that's, makes yeah. a little bit more sense. And actually, I think that could have been quite interesting. That does make yeah. sense. Um, hmm. I So when we talk, when we first met Seal... Seal Bolton in Cecil, Tennessee. I said I didn't remember there being a brother. What I had forgotten is that, that he does go to visit his mother, um, whose name is Lovey, uh, and very Lovey. Uh, that that name's ridiculous. Let's change it. Oh, what should we change it to? Derek, uh, David. Oh, well, I was thinking Seal. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lovey is great. And Either that or Giraffe. <laughs> giraffe Bolton. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So, and actually what Lovey does is uh, very similar to what Seal does in the last couple of episodes is, is tells them about the uh, cave. So it's a local attraction, which is actually called the Marysville Hole. Um, which is oh. kind of gross. Um, so the, the final uh, showdown. <laughs> Come visit Mary's Hole <laughs> in Ville. Marysville. <laughs> oh, it's just horrible. Um, so the, the, the final showdowns do happen in kind of cavey-esque places, which is kind of what I said. Um, so, yeah. There we go. That's what I wanted to tell you. Uh, and uh, apologies for missing those things. Um, but you should apologize. You're a hack. You're, you're, a, hack. you're hack. a fucking hack. I am a hack and I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but let, let's talk about book differences uh, from this episode. So this shootout that we start with is very, very similar. Um, obviously, we don't have Andy or Seal in the book. Um, and uh, Claude's mum, Lovey, doesn't end up in the shootout thank god she survives uh, which is a relief for everyone let's be honest um eunice does get shot in the shoulder um and yeah. a, a car does blow up uh so that is all very close which is fantastic um and what actually so when they leave eunice behind when holly and ralph go into the cave that is exactly how it happens in the book uh, the only thing that is different here uh is well a few things that are different so claude doesn't turn up he's not there 
Um, but I, but I like their edition of that. I think it works because you know Paddy Constantine is fantastic, and we've had more of him in this than we really did in in the book. Uh, two, the rattlesnake actually kills Jack. It kills him by surprise. Yeah, it bites him on the leg, and then he dies up on the hill. So that's great. Okay. The other right. thing that is different is that in the book Holly kills the outsider. Um. Mm-hmm. So, which you know they're kind of paying. Um, respect to with her stabbing him in the heart but the way that she actually kills him is with uh, basically a sock filled with hard rocks or something um, smashed him through the head and then this is disgusting weird so he <laughs> so yeah weird. it is a bit bizarre but I think it I think it calls back to the Mr. Mercedes novels with um, Bill Hodges I'm not sure um, but basically he starts to disintegrate and then like little worms crawl out of his body and then he disappears and he's destroyed so it's pretty rank. Right. Oh, so there's the ethereal shit that Gareth wanted. Yeah. Yep. Weird worms. It should have been... Wormy magazines. So things. in the book, he's definitely dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely dead. And then he turns up in season two and says, what, what are you worried about? about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought that was Good. pretty interesting. Otherwise, you know, there are a few kind of different things that happen, but predominantly it's spot on. Um, which is part of the reason why I really liked it because I love the ending of the book and I think you know what what they've done in the show is that they've brought in characters that we didn't have but they've they've tidied those those character arcs up um, and I actually think that for a show bringing Claude in having real Claude not real Claude kind of face off it is a very good way to do it I, I think it's done very well and I think it works um, so fair yeah, enough very happy interesting I, I think some of those changes. I like the way the some of the book stuff sounds, but um, you never know. Uh, so in terms of differences or similarities, that's kind of it. And, and Len, you know, really interesting. Like some of those things that happen in the book are better than the show, but I think the show's mm. done a really good job with it. Does anyone have any Easter eggs? No Easter eggs, just it's very it-like again. Sort of same thing. It's just all very it, but that's mainly because the whole storyline, eating kids, we've said it multiple times, cave little sort of losers club of detectives gathering together um it's just a lot more oh, wait, death. it's very king-esque isn't it and also you know we mentioned uh the doctor sleep and raise the hat link which i really like i thought that was quite good um but no i think you know overall we've had some really interesting um stuff come out of this this season um but len i, I think we might have some, some yeah. listener feedback not not as much listener feedback as usual because we are recording a day earlier than we usually do so unfortunately if you have emailed me by the time this has come out uh, i'm sorry it won't get read out in this uh, podcast but i'll try to reply to your emails with any answers that i can provide um so we've only got a few pieces uh i'll start with um one of our patreons diane aura yeah uh she had some thoughts on episode eight episode nine for the finale um so i thought it'd be good to mention them uh hi there so glad to have fan critical back i started listening for watchmen and was truly hooked i started watching the outsider just based on your endorsement and i'm so glad i did you guys are the best no diane you're the best. She's the best. Yes. Thanks, Diane. Um, with regard to the past two episodes, I have some thoughts. Episode eight, I'm thinking the whole timeline of El Cucho's transformation is tied to the moon and that we will find out that El Cucho is werewolfy. Uh, they made a big deal about the transformation timeline, which roughly coordinates with the moon cycle. And in episode eight, they took a pregnant pause on the full moon. Also, the way he, sh- uh, he shreds his victims definitely seems animalistic. Um, and the raw, the like, 
Yeah, the raw. I can see what you're going for there. So it's kind of like a cross between a shapeshifter, a vampire, and a werewolf in a way. Uh, That's a good thought. Uh, Episode nine. um, I was thinking that the little boy, John Weaver, who went missing in the cave, would somehow be connected to Jack. Same. I had the same thought because they made a a deal of going last time on The Outsider. Yeah. His name is John Jack Hoskins. Yeah. So when they were going, John, John, I thought it was... I thought it was Jack as a kid. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, but um, evidently not. Yeah. So they made a, a point in the in the APB to announce that his name was John Jack Hoskins, and it felt too coincidental that the little boy's name was also John. Yes, I know John is a common name. There's, uh, you know, we've we've got one. We've got one of our own. Do, uh, but it seemed intentional. Um, this was debunked by the fact that the cave collapse was in the forties. But nonetheless, perhaps we will see that they are somehow connected. Um, well, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't see that, but um, nor did we see the werewolf stuff. However, yeah, the werewolf stuff, you know, some mixture point, of myths and interesting. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I've been super yeah, really pleased did. with the season. Thanks for the great coverage. Can't wait for Westworld. So get excited, yeah, Westworld. We'll see you there, Hosts DA. Westworld. We'll see, see you there, there. DA. Um, thank you, thank you, um, Diana. Uh, Todd has been in touch. Toddy B. Toddy B. Toddy. Toddy B is this to say, hey guys, first of all, thank you for all you do on a weekly basis. I know this isn't your full-time job and this podcast makes every show you cover even more entertaining than it already is. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. nice. Yeah. I'm going to guess that Todd is about to agree wholeheartedly with what I said. because you just read it. No, I haven't. I'm just guessing. He always... always I have read it. Um, Thoughts. I didn't love this episode. It felt like they were trying to do too many things at one time. As always, it's shot beautiful. With that said, the beginning scene had some really dumb character moments. If you're going to kill Andy and Howie, don't have them die finding cell coverage and helping to save a man that was clearly already shot and killed. Yeah, I mean, Seal was was dead. The moment he was shot, he was game over. Um, But also, I disagree with that in a way, Toddy B, because I think, uh, as I said, I think think it's just a miscommunication on the the scripting and the writing. I, I think he was trying to go get help or something. I don't think he was just going for cell reception. Um, How's he getting help? Cell reception. He's driving. He's just going to drive and he's get help. He's driving to get... What? Why, is the, why is there a difference between that and getting yeah. cell reception? Andy is not know. the same thing. I don't know. Let's I, face it. No, I think it's silly. Whatever's going on, it's silly. I agree with that. But Andy think... is not the brightest spark in the box. Yeah, so, fair. you know, maybe he was just confused and, and, and traumatised. Yeah. Uh, Toddy B goes on to say, the cave scene was great at the start, but ended too abruptly, in my opinion. Uh, the talkative villain has always been intriguing to me, and I felt like we could have had more dialogue. Yeah, I, I like the dialogue and i also like the way the the outsider didn't seem to know what it was you know that that's an interesting concept to me like i i just am this is what i am i don't know sometimes i think there might be other ones out there or i you know something like that it's, it was good stuff um after the cave-in i thought for sure uh they grabbed the wrong claude you're on oh, the doppelganger yeah, train with us yeah. uh, i was getting excited for the cool reveal at the end of the episode instead we got some weird tease with holly that doesn't even make sense I feel like having the real Claude dying in the caves and the El Cucho surviving better sets up season two. Um, yes, I wanted doppelganger switcheroo. Didn't get it. I also will say that the end credit scene is confusing. Mm. It's interesting, especially with the music and the song that plays and the reasoning behind that. Yeah, it did leave me thinking, like, what are you trying to tell me with this? Yeah. Is she, you know, and that's interesting in a way in itself. Like, there's so many things going on. I was like, what the fuck? And that's it. I think they've done that so that it's like 
so they can they do can anything. Go any yeah, that's fair. I like that. That's, that's yeah. right. possible. Um, it's open to interpretation. Yeah, he says he felt like the end credit scene was too ambiguous and confusing. Yeah, maybe so they can, like you said, do whatever they want in the off season. Uh, all in all, I still like the show. The ending, just uh, like the novel, didn't do a lot for me, but I appreciate the journey getting there. I give this finale a two blueberry. Wow. Fucking How do you feel harsh, about that, man? then? Uh, Todd, I, I have to disagree with you on that. I mean, Gareth's like, yeah, yeah, someone, someone agrees with me. No, but I, I disagree, because I think it was a three blueberry episode. But Two's harsh. But then he does go on to say, the overall series is a four blueberry, which is what I said and what you said and what Emma said. So we're all on the same page, just mixed emotions on the finale. Um, yeah. Thanks again, and looking forward to your Westworld coverage. Again, Thank Excellent. you, Todd. And yes, the Westworld coverage, uh, just before we go, because that is the last piece of feedback, uh, the Westworld coverage will be beginning um, literally tomorrow. There'll be a preview podcast out. Uh, and if you could go to the hosts of Westworld and subscribe to that channel and review, that would be amazing. Um, and uh, the coverage will begin every week, similar to this. Um, I believe the episode airs on a Sunday night America time and uh, we'll hopefully have the podcast to you uh, probably Tuesday time yeah uh america time so uh we're still working that all out but it'll once again be a weekly format and uh do look forward to it because we have a lot of fun with westworld uh we like to make fun of it but we also take it very seriously we do robot impressions we do robot impressions we do, um, um robot impressions yeah regular person impressions yeah we sometimes. do normal human impressions yeah. um emma gets very confused emma gets everything. very confused there's lots of theory discussions it's all going on so um Check that out, the hosts of Westworld. And uh, back to Emma in the studio. Woo! Well, guys, that's it. Um, that That's the end of The Outsider. Um, Literally. Yeah. Or is when, it? Literally. Because the rock in maybe, the face, isn't it? Debatable. Uh, Castle Rock Critical is going to be on a bit of a slowdown because we've done two back-to-back series and uh, yeah. I'm taking a little holiday. Oh, yeah. Uh, we all need honest. a Stephen King break. That is for sure. Little, Jesus little King Christ. break. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but we do have some retrospectives in the pipeline over the next couple of months, uh, which we will be uh, announcing and recording for you soon. But if you do like listening to us ramble on about telly and movies, please head over to our parent channel, Fan Critical, uh, where you can keep up with everything. Emma, you you'd be happy to have some retrospective ideas provided as well if somebody was interested in in hearing us talk about a particular movie then you know they can why not suggest it? yeah you can you can suggest it or you can even head over to patreon uh sign up to support oh, us yeah. and commission Shit. a podcast for sign us sign up to patreon uh, that's, that's <laughs> so, on my list of to-dos um <laughs> there yeah, are guys, there are loads if you like of our things... coverage listen to emma right now if you like it listen listen to emma because she'll give you some <laughs> information so we do have a Patreon and we've got loads of lovely Patreon supporters uh, and if you want to be one of them and get access to some really cool stuff, you can. So anything from a junior up to an elite blueberry, of course it's blueberries. Uh, the first level is uh, very affordable and you get access to our cast its and our Discord channel to chat with each other uh, and uh, lots of different options. You can commission podcasts. We've had two of those recently uh, from two of our Patreons. Uh, one on Inception which is a fantastic film, and one on the 2016, 2013? 20... One on... One, one, of the, one of the 20 teens. 
Uh, one of the one of the twenty teens, uh, her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. So listen to those; they're fantastic, uh, and they have been commissioned by our lovely Patreons. If you're interested in finding out more, then please head over to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Uh, Len has mentioned Westworld, so do sign up and subscribe to the hosts of Westworld channel. And if you want to keep up with everything that we do, then you can also follow us on social media. We are at fan critical pod on Twitter at fan underscore critical on instagram and fan critical on facebook if you want to send us feedback or suggestions for anything or you've got any questions then you can email us it's fan at gmail.com uh, but for now i would like to say a huge thank you to everybody for taking this journey with us through king's world to find the outsider and we will see you all very soon see you on the outside outsiders see you inside <laughs> see you later and see you at westworld definitely bye. come join us for westworld bye see you then bye